Hello, and welcome to the EuroWhat, episode number 120 for the week of May 17th, 2021. It's Eurovision week. I'm Ben Smith, and I'm joined today by Mike McComb. Hey, Mike. Hello. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be making our predictions for the semifinals. It's here, Mike. Yes, it's finally, finally here. It's finally here, and by finally here, I mean the American Song Contest is a go. Hmm. I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm so tired. I, I, I fully understand why they dropped this as a Friday after we had been through the ringer of everybody's rehearsals. The news dropped that NBC will be debuting the show sometime in 2022. Details weren't all that specific, Every press release along the way has offered a handful more details, but nothing concrete. It will be the 50 states, plus DC, plus the five U.S. territories. So let's see, that would be 56. Well, that divides. It's eight times seven, so... So get ready for Super Belfast, everybody. It's sevens. We'll keep track of this as the story develops, but I, I guess I did need to get it announced right away. Just be on the coattails of Eurovision and also be in time for Upfronts, which are also next week. It's a very busy TV week, y'all. So <laughs> Yes. A great way to get the promotion out would be to make Eurovision completely available this year so that a worldwide audience can enjoy it. They're not doing that. YouTube is going to be geo-blocked, which is annoying. The YouTube geo-blocks also beyond the United States. It's also going to affect Australia, Greece, Latvia, Lithuania, Ukraine, and the United Kingdom. Hasn't stopped us before. Hasn't stopped anybody with a VPN before. But if you need info on where to watch it, we have you covered. Please check out eurowhat.com slash watch. The other story that we've been monitoring this week is COVID stuff. You know, the pandemic we're still currently a part of. It's been impressive this entire week, seeing how the press has been functioning at Eurovision. It's different, I imagine, from normal Eurovisions, but having this be the first time that we actually get to see it in person, well, virtually in person. In per- <laughs> I mean, it, it does feel like every morning I actually project myself to Rotterdam when I log in. Right. Everything seems to be running like clockwork. They just happen to be wearing masks and people are sitting a little bit farther apart than usual. There have been a couple of instances uh, at Rotterdam Ahoy. Katerina from Ukraine's group didn't feel well on Wednesday and had to undergo COVID protocol. That was the day that they were supposed to do their second rehearsal. So the woman who was their stand-in when they were doing tech rehearsals the week prior, Emmy Van Stein, she was called in. She was on her way to work and Somebody was able to get a hold of her and be like, hey, can you do this thing? It's really important. (laughs) And yeah, she was able to come in, gave a performance. And if you watch the second rehearsal clip, that is her performing it and doing a pretty good job, I would say. Yeah, she nailed it as far as I was concerned. That was really impressive. And then even better news, the test for Katerina came back negative. So all things are go A for Ukraine's performance at Eurovision. And they've invited Emmy to be their guest in the green room during the first semifinal as a thank you, which I think is pretty neat. That is a great story of being on your way to work and getting the call. Can you be here? One of the articles I've read said that her parents had to rush and meet her at the Ahoy because they had her credentials to actually get into the venue. It seems so crazy, but the fact that it all came together, like, that's really heartwarming. It's a nice story. 
What's not so nice is that there have been a couple of COVID diagnoses in Rotterdam. On Saturday, it was announced a member of the Polish delegation tested positive, and on Sunday, a member of the Icelandic delegation tested positive. The artists themselves have not tested positive, but they are under quarantine and protocol along with Malta and Romania, who are all in the same hotel. And if it turns out that any of them can't make it to the live stage, then they they do have the option of using either their pre-recorded backup performance or using the recording of one of their rehearsals from last week. Hopefully it doesn't come to that, but you just don't know with this. Fingers crossed here. Looking at the schedule ahead for this week, Monday and Wednesday are the jury semifinals. Tuesday and Thursday are the live semifinals. Friday is the jury final. Saturday is the grand final, and we now know the positions of the Big Five and the Netherlands. After all of the auto qualifiers had their second rehearsals on Saturday, they drew which half of the grand final they will perform in. Spain and the United Kingdom drew the first half, and France, Germany, and Italy drew the second half. Last year, Netherlands drew their exact position in the grand final, and that is position 23. It's going to be a pretty stacked second half already, and we don't even know who's yeah. qualified yet. I don't so. even know who the qualifiers <laughs> are yet. All of the shows will be airing at 9 p.m. Central European time, which is 3 p.m. Eastern. Get hype, everybody. It's going to be really exciting. It's going to be really good shows. So, <laughs> Seriously, we are in for such a treat this year. It bears mentioning that along with the clips posted on Eurovision's YouTube channel, Mike and I had press access to this year's rehearsals, and we're probably going to talk about them, so if you don't want to be spoiled, you may want to pause this and come back to it later. The upside is that you get to come back and enjoy how completely incorrect we're about to be. Not completely incorrect. We'll have at least four in the first semifinal and at least three in the second. Thank you, math. So <laughs> Thanks, math. <laughs> We will be posting the list of our predictions on our Instagram at EuroWhat, and we will be dropping our grand final preview episode on Friday. But again, from this point on, here there be spoilers. I guess we could talk about the methodology of how we came up with our predictions. We've done personal rankings before the rehearsal started and another set after rehearsals finished. I also went and did an analysis of the ratio of likes to dislikes on the official video that was posted on the Eurovision YouTube channel, the video from the first rehearsal for each contestant, and the video for the second rehearsal. There is also a ranking of who will win each semifinal on Odds Checker, which is a composite of multiple bookkeeping websites. This year, we added a composite of the various international fan polls from various blogs, OGAE, INFE, I think there may be some other letters in there, possibly LOL, combined all of those scores into a lovely spreadsheet. We're like Ernst Young over here with all of our accounting. We can now announce what our 10 picks are for the first semifinal. Our official picks in alphabetical order are Belgium, Croatia, Cyprus, Ireland, Israel, Lithuania, Malta, Romania, Russia, and Ukraine. How do you feel about that list, Ben? That's a very solid list. I like that the way that our methodology works is that we can have personal lists that have entries that are not in our final list because we pull in different sources. We do have a few places of diverging from our official picks. Yeah, although it's weird 
we had the same top 10, which I think may be the first time in all of the years that we've done this. <laughs> I think it's definitely the first time where our top 10 for a semi has been exactly the same in terms of content, even if there are little... Right, yeah, it's not, it's, it's not a one-to-one -one match, but there are no outliers there. We did have differences from the main list. We both think Australia is going to get in instead of Romania, but the math did not quite work out. A couple that you may have noticed were missing from the list were Sweden and Azerbaijan. I don't know how to feel about that. From my perspective, I think a lot of that just came from watching the rehearsals. It feels like Azerbaijan is on autopilot this year. I've seen that performance from them before, and I think that there's more exciting things happening. They missed the final a few years ago for the first time with what felt like a very polished performance, and this is kind of missing something for me. Yeah, I think for me, this is the third contest in a row that it seems like the song and the singer are completely mismatched. In 2018, Isol, like she's not a pop singer. Her sound was described as acid jazz, and so there was a disconnect there. In 2019, Shingas, he's much more of a folk acoustic type singer, and they give him this like really kind of banging pop song. And I don't get the sense that these biographies of historical women is really what Effendi wants to be doing as an artist. I, I, th I think the autopilot thing is correct, particularly because it seems like so many of the staging elements are going to be borrowing from what they were planning on doing for Cleopatra. There are a few other entries this year where I'm wondering if they had a staging in mind for their song from last year that they've borrowed pieces from. Yeah, we already built this piece, so let's use that. And just like, mm -hmm. All right. One of those where it wouldn't surprise me if there was an element of this that's carried over is Ireland. I could see them doing what they are doing with the dioramas and all of the book stuff for story of my life. That does make a lot more sense. I think some are making those adaptations better than others. The absence of Sweden is surprising, but also not in a way. I placed them 11th, and I noticed that you did too. They ended up 11th in our rankings overall, with all those other sources considered, so I fully expect to be wrong about this one, and I think Sweden is going to go through, but I think they're running on fumes from a process that I really hope that they change now that Christer Bjorkman is coming over stateside. A lot of people have been framing it as Sweden dropping the ball. I think it may be a case of everybody's caught up to Sweden. It's a shame, too, because Tusa has been one of my favorite people to see in all of the like, press conferences and the associated video content. I don't know if you've been watching the Nikki Tutorials videos that have been going up on the Eurovision YouTube channel, but those are all delightful, and he's such a firecracker. Like mm -hmm. it, It's, yeah, so much fun. The one that I have found to have a great online presence with this contest that is also missing from our list is Australia. Australia is on both of our lists. Overall did not make the cut. And I think Montaigne has been doing a stellar job, especially given that she's doing this remotely from Australia for everything. Montaigne's Twitter presence all week has been fantastic. And it's been really hard emotionally. The press conferences have been, I guess, raw would be a good way to describe it. And I'm hopeful that things turn out well for Australia, especially because it's such a unique circumstance and hopefully a once in a lifetime circumstance. All we have are the clips from the video. The full version of the video has not been shown yet. That was not shown during their scheduled rehearsal time on either of their rehearsal days. What is on YouTube is all that's available right now. And, is what we have seen. Yeah, and it seems to be getting pretty positive reception based on the metrics that we have from YouTube. What entries have surprised you in the first semifinals we've been watching the rehearsals this week? 
with their stagings, Mike. Oh. Because on my end, we talked when we revisited the, the, the songs about separating our baggage with Hoover Phonic from last year from the song. Mm-hmm. I have been very, very impressed with every rehearsal of The Wrong Place. This is a band that's been performing for decades, and they know how to stage a show. I don't know what I was expecting from them for a performance, but I'm not dissatisfied. Really, I'm not dissatisfied with any of the performances. I think everybody's rehearsals have been fantastic. Everybody is bringing their A-game. I think there are stagings that are more successful than others. And that's kind of how I've been framing my daily rankings of things. Where it's like, all right, who is closest to actualizing what I think their vision is for the stage? And I think that's also what has made ranking these so difficult this year Mm -hmm. everybody's doing a really good job of following through on what it is that they want to do i don't think there's anything that is so far out of left field where i'm just like why did they do that that is not the case at at least in the first semifinal i remember the second semifinal i know why we were couching that phrasing there you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. let's talk about romania I like that song and there's something about the staging and they are doing with the staging what we suggested, which is bring some of that contemporary dance energy from the video and just doing nothing for me. And I can't, well, I can kind of place why it feels like Roxanne's outfit is just a scosh too casual for me. Yeah, I can see that. I think it ages her down in a uncomfortable way. Like she looks really young in this staging i i don't think it caught me as off guard in the second round of rehearsals but in the first round of rehearsals was like oh like Mm -hmm. she's supposed to be like 12 in this it it left me with a feeling of this feels very adult for junior eurovision and i don't think that's necessarily the impression that they want to give for for this performance agreed well and i i thought that they had improved that with the the styling for the second performance like it felt less junior eurovision it seemed like there was a lot of improvement between the first rehearsal and the second rehearsal i don't think there was a performance that was a hundred percent i think there was hesitation in parts i think there were some weird camera choices and maybe that'll be something that they fix for the tv performance i'm not as bothered by it but i can see how others might not have enjoyed this performance as much yeah because like on my side every time i have watched a rehearsal it just kind of keeps sinking down in my ratings i like the song and i like the intent behind this performance but i'm not sure all the elements are coming together in a successful way the vocal was weak but the performance was strong and then the vocals were strong but the performance wasn't quite matching up there was one rehearsal where there was so much smoke on stage you could not see what was going on i think that one is probably the most bubbly of our list mm-hmm. yeah i can really see it going either way on the night one to watch out for and really watch out for all of them it's it's gonna be such a good show so <laughs> Any other thoughts on the first semifinal? I don't want to get too spoilery because uh, yeah, 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 like I don't want to dive too yeah. yeah, I don't want to dive too much into what people are doing because I really want people to be delighted and surprised by everything that's happening. It's really not a bad performance in the bunch, and I think that carries over to semifinal two as well. So our official picks in alphabetical order for the second semifinal are Albania, Bulgaria, the Czech Republic, Finland, Greece, Iceland, Portugal. San Marino, Serbia, and Switzerland. Unlike the first semifinal where Mike and I had the same top 10, we have different top 10s this time around. Neither of us has the Czech Republic on our personal list. I have them in my heart. I have Benny Cresto at 11th because that one is really on the bubble for me where I I think I just need to see what that looks like on the night with a crowd in the audience. 
I had it much lower than I was expecting after doing my rankings. I have it all the way down at 15th, which feels crazy low. And again, this is not a case of I dislike the song or anything. I'm quite bullish on this song. I think just based on the rehearsals, they all felt like they were kind of at 75 to 85%. And I think part of that was they were treating it like rehearsals where you work on stuff and figure out the stage and all of that. But with the second round of rehearsals, the last performance is filmed as the backup performance in case something bad happens. I think that one was the most successful performance of all of the rehearsal performances, but it still felt like it wasn't giving its all. It could feel a little bit more energetic. But yeah, I completely agree with you that if there is a live audience, it is probably going to get cranked up to 11. Based on Benny's appearances at the various press conferences, like as soon as there is a crowd, there's just so much energy in the room and bouncing all over the place. So I think it might have just been the empty arena was dragging things down a bit. Mm -hmm. He is a performer that really benefits from a live audience. We have one area of difference in our personal rankings in that I have Denmark on my list. You have Portugal on your list. You do not have Denmark on your list. I do not have Portugal on mine. Correct. I did have Denmark as 11. They were definitely on the bubble for me. And I think I did let out a aw when I, when I saw how my results shook out. They have broken my radar. I enjoy this so much, but it's in a weird area of 80s pastiche where I'm just like, is this really going to resonate with people? And is it going to be a great closer? And everybody's going to remember it when they're calling in their votes? Or is it going to land with a thud? I think that might have been the most shocking thing I heard in all of the press conferences from this week is this is their first public gig where there's a general audience. Yes. That is not a TV studio. And I was just like, are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) That is mind blowing to me. With Portugal, I think that their performance is beautifully staged. They nail what they need to be doing for that song. I'm not in love with some of the visuals they're using. It's very literal, and I wish that they had gone... I don't know how they would have gone slightly more abstract, but something that wasn't just completely illustrating the song. Yeah, I have this ranked high because, again, ranking on who was successful in actualizing their idea, this is not about my personal preference. I've really grown to dislike this song and (laughs) and everything it stands for. No, uh, but Mm -hmm. the first time that I saw it performed, it immediately reminded me of a performance that you see at the Grammys. First, like, oh, this is a group that got 15 Grammy nominations and you did not hear about them until this performance that they are doing. And it just feels like it's filmed in this very CBS sort of way yes which is not my style at all but it's a style for a lot of people otherwise things would not be filmed this way so it it, it just feels very very glossy i think would be a great way of describing it and they do a good job at what they are trying to do and i think that's going to resonate with people i agree that it is a little too literal in its interpretation but i think the song is a little too literal in its interpretations that's just kind of the song so Congratulations, he nailed the brief. All of my energy for, I don't like this song, but I will admit that this is staged extremely well, went to Austria. Yep. I have stated many times over the course of our on-season that I do not care for Austria's song, but they are nailing the performance. It feels like the sort of thing that the juries lap up and that Austria has done very well in the past before. Like, they keep doing very good stagings. During one of the rehearsals, somebody in the press room 
compared it to Austria's 2018 entry. And that one finished third overall. So it's like, oh, yeah, probably shouldn't sleep on this one. And individually, we are not sleeping on this one, although collectively it did fall outside of our top 10. So I am fine if we are wrong about that one (laughs) in either direction. We're just like, all right, if it didn't make the list, good, we called that. If it does make the list, good we called that so <laughs> I, I like that th- i like that through our thoroughness of methodology we have covered both scenarios yeah hedging our bets is fun uh <laughs> he- he- just like hedging our bets because if, if they make it through well we were correct it's just the bookies that didn't see this happening and if they didn't make it through it's like well we were wrong we're, we're, ju- we're just individuals what do we know i think i'm okay with this list there's nothing that's jumping out as being like oh this one didn't get in or, or outrage that something got in that probably shouldn't have there have been a few things in watching rehearsals that have been disappointing in staging. For me, Moldova just feels like they kind of missed the opportunity to do something a little bit more whimsical. I'm not sure what more they could do. That part of the semifinal is so messy, I think would be the best way to describe yes. it. Can we talk about Switzerland? I think they have massively overthought the assignment on this one. I get that they didn't want to do a man behind a piano because that really makes it clear that that's what won in 2019 and that the same producers this song, but I am not really connecting with the interpretive dance performance that is happening on screen. No. That's all I've got. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just, just, I don't, like, I don't know what you do with the staging for this. If it's not man behind piano earnestly performing the song, but it's not this. As soon as I heard that Sasha Jean-Baptiste was involved, I was like, okay, what kind of choreography could they do? Number one, do not do the standard flanked by f- four dancers that <laughs> happens with every other SJB performance. But oh, I almost want to see that more than this though. I'm picturing something from like at the beginning of Festival de Congas. For this season, there was that intro package that they showed before all Mm -hmm. three shows. And there was that interpretive dance with the panel of glass between the two dancers. I think something along those lines, like like a contemporary thing where it's two other people dancing. Where it's very specifically two people who are not Jean's tears. Right. And I think that could have worked. This feels very Swedish in its delivery. Like I was instantly reminded of Benjamin Grosso's performance in 2018 with the weird, we brought our stage from home type thing. (laughs) And I think part of it was also, I was not expecting John to dance. Have you encountered the rap music meme that has been attached with the rehearsal clip? (laughs) I have seen the rap music meme. I have seen the let's put the flow rider verse from Adrenalina over this meme. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm just like, this is... This is not what this... No. I'm still waiting for the Roman Holiday version of that one to pop up, but... Uh, <laughs> I was I was going to make it myself, but it's like, no, no, I should let somebody who knows what No, the, the, this, this, so. this exists somewhere, and it will get retweeted <laughs> into my feed at some point. I don't think it's such a problem that it's going to prevent it from qualifying, but it has been falling in the odds, and if people are wondering why that is, here's a hint. Okay, any other thoughts on the second semifinal? Yeah, just waiting to see if and when Flo Rida shows up, I guess. (laughs) I do appreciate how Sunit is teasing us at every possible opportunity. Yeah, although she was getting kind of salty at her second press conference where like, she actually told reporters, do not ask me that again. So, (laughs) (laughs) Which, fair. The song is Sunit featuring Flo Rida, not Sunit and Flo Rida together. We are both equal parts of the act. And if he doesn't show up, I think it'll be fine. The the stand-in that they have was part of a group that was on X Factor Italia. And he's he's 
doing a great job. So props to him if he needs to come in on a permanent basis. What I think made ranking the second semifinal overall particularly challenging is with the way that the rehearsal schedule shook out, we have not seen anything close to a full run of the semifinal. For the second round of rehearsals for the first semifinal, they were able to do everything up to Ukraine, and then Malta was the only one missing from that set. So we got a pretty good sense of what the flow of the show was going to feel like. With the second semifinal, it was first half, and then the next day was the second half. The first full run of the show is not happening until well after we have recorded this episode. So... I I have no idea how that middle section is actually going to flow beyond what I can imagine through listening on a Spotify playlist. Of the two semifinals to rank, this one was chaos. Yeah. I feel like we're pretty close to correct. Although the bubble is much more interesting on this one. It is a much tighter bubble. There's a bigger bubble on this one. Yeah. These should both be excellent shows. Whoever gets through, I think, is going to be well-deserved, well-earned. I don't think there are any dud performances. That's going to do it for this episode of The Euro What. Thanks for listening. The Euro What podcast is hosted by Ben Smith. That's me and Mike McComb. That's me. You can follow The Euro What on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. If you'd like to support the show, we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash eurowhat. Show notes are in the description of the episode and on our website at eurowhat.com. If you'd like to contact us, we're at Eurowhat on Twitter, or you can email EuroWhatPodcast at gmail.com. We will be back on Friday this week to try and make sense of what happened at Eurovision and get ready for the grand final. Yay! Yay!